0: Hey, 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 this is Sarah Longacre, birth doula since 2000, owner of Bluma, and lover of a good cocktail and great conversation. I got two stools, a full bar, and loads of great people lined up to pull back the curtain with real life conversation. So let's dive deep and belly up to the bar. Hey, 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 it's Sarah Longacre, cheers, to Cheers. my belling up guests. They wanted Chardonnay tonight. <laughs> I'm going for my classic Tito's and tonic. although I usually do LaCroix, but we're doing that tonight with some lemon and limes. I'm bellying up with, I mean, I know my audience has heard this, I am a fan of therapy <laughs> and talk and health and support, and I never have had a drink with my therapist so, I feel
1: like really, yeah, I've never cool. had a drink with my patients.
0: Okay, well, we haven't crossed that line yet. I'm sure you're a fantastic therapist, but yes. Um, and today we're bellying up with, um, with two experts in a topic that I hope, I pray, I have brought to the front line somewhat through my work in the past 20 years, but it's this topic of postpartum depression, postpartum. Anxiety, postpartum, fuck you. Yes. <laughs> um, so what? What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna turn it over to you two to introduce yourselves. I want to hear what you title yourself. Do you have? <laughs> other people in your life you know just give me a little background and then i'm going to give you <laughs> my therapeutic uh because i just i can call myself a therapist in this moment i'm going to give you what i think is the biggest issues in our country around um postpartum depression i shouldn't say issues like why are we here yeah and we've been here right yes, we were for a long time. it was hidden in that closet <laughs> mm-hmm. um so I'm gonna give you kind of what I think feeds into it and then we're gonna roll from there and, and see how this bottle of shard goes down with the with the pretty <laughs> with a pretty heavy subject that we have to talk about. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna sit back and sip and uh, you two are gonna introduce yourselves. All right.
2: All right, I will start. My name is Michelle Weirsgala. I am a psychiatrist and I specialize in perinatal psychiatry, which means I see people who are planning pregnancy, pregnant, postpartum. I've had a reproductive loss of some sort, Um, and I've been doing that since about 2008. I had an awesome mentor at my old job who got me into the field, um, and I have loved it so much, and it's been a real passion for me, and um, Gabe and I have a little dog and pony show where we often give talks at conferences Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing in addition to our clinical work. and it's just really fun, gratifying work, where you know, people get better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like just delightful. And one of the highlights of it is that, so I have a husband and two daughters, and Whenever I sit down at the dinner table with them, my daughters always ask me, what babies did you see today? <laughs> oh. And I say, well, I saw Alexander, and he was very chubby and had brown hair. And so I get to
0: sort of replay the day with them, which is a true uh, joy of the work. And I'm also guessing you actually can talk to your littles about, like, and these, these- – Parents are struggling. Yes, you're. You don't. You're not like me. You don't sugarcoat it. You're like these. These moms, these dads, they're coming to me. Yeah, because they're having a hard time.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like my kids, definitely know what depression and anxiety are. Mm-hmm. Now they know what schizophrenia is. <laughs> like they're very well versed in mental health stuff. That's for sure.
0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And just because I have to ask, did you personally go through it, or did you feel like you had tools and equipment? I mean. Did you walk at all the paths? Yeah. I mean, I think that... That's not what got um, you into it, per se. It's not
2: what got me into it, because I started doing the work before I had my daughter. Um, I definitely, you know, anyone who knows me will tell you I did not love being pregnant. Mm. <laughs> um, it was really hard. I was pretty sick for a lot of the time and everything. And I had, I think, what you have alluded to before, this experience of... There's not that instant love right away where (laughs) you're expected to, like, be instantly in love. I had some trouble breastfeeding. So I had some challenges for sure. Um, My other daughter was adopted, so she was older when we met her in the Mm -hmm. first place. And so it was kind of a different experience. Um,
0: But it still must have a lot of the same things. Like, I adopted this child and I'm now... Have a new identity and we yeah. have this new relationship.
2: Yeah, totally, which is why we put a chapter in our book that includes, like, looking at adoptive parents and non-birth parents in a broader sense, oh, too. Oh,
0: did you hear the foreshadowing? The book. <laughs> the book. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. All right. We're, we're, we're bellying up.
1: With another therapist. Yeah. Um, So my name is uh, Gabriel Marr, and Michelle referred to me as Gabe. So that's what I kind of go by. Um, uh, I'm a psychologist by training. I call myself a reproductive psychologist. So um, but sort of similar patients in terms of what Michelle um, alluded to, right? So it's people preparing for a pregnancy, during pregnancy, after pregnancy, struggling with mental health related to fertility challenges or pregnancy loss. It's kind of the gamut of the reproductive time and experience. So I have been doing this work um, for about 10 and a half years. Um, Started when I came to my current job to build a reproductive mental health program to screen for postpartum depression and anxiety and to build the treatment team of competent, qualified uh, mental health practitioners. Um, So that's been my world for the last uh, 10 and a half years. I, too, have a husband, and I am a proud one and done mom <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, always planned that way. Um, like Michelle, I was not. I was not a fan of pregnancy. I was also an advanced <laughs> maternal age mom. So you were like 31. I was <laughs> 35. Oh,
0: I got you, beat girl. I was thirty-eight, almost thirty-nine. Yeah.
1: Well, when you go to school I was Jerry actually. You were. <laughs> yes. It's such an attractive Oh, every word yeah, in such is a nice awful. way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like Michelle, both of us went to school for a very long time. So, uh, you know, I went to school basically from the age of five until 30. And you're still and so, paying the bill? <laughs> almost done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, my thought was like, well, now I just went to school for all these years to learn this stuff. Like, I'm not going to have a baby now, even though I was already, yeah. you know, so that's how that happened. But I can remember... So many times during pregnancy, like, just thinking, like, this is a young person's game, right? Like, I know my 25-year-old body would tolerate this way better than my 35-year-old body. Um, (laughs) I feel like that's a whole other podcast, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So today I was actually
0: a birth doula for a single mom by choice who's Mm -hmm. 42. And her mom was there, and her mom gave birth to her in her early 20s. And we were talking Uh about the pros and cons Mm -hmm. of both. And again, as an older mom at 38, I'm like... Dude, I crushed my 20s and 30s. Yes. Is it different now? Yeah. Absolutely. And there are pros and cons. Totally. You know, yeah. to both. Totally. But the it.
1: physical part probably more pros <laughs> for yeah. the younger. Yeah. And, and the maturity, maybe hopefully the financial <laughs> stability, hopefully. Yeah. You know.
0: I think, I I think emotionally, yes and no. But like for me physically, I every day I worship. But I also like wanted to be pregnant since the day I was two. So <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Okay. So um uh, Postpartum depression is something that we have all been in. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that we can say that things are maybe changing the fact that people are actually speaking about it and that there's resources. Okay. So, like many others out there, I didn't expect myself to get it. I had postpartum depression and mine felt very secretive because I was the owner of a pregnancy center mm-hmm. and I was supposed to love it. So, I'm just going to dive in and tell you what I think (laughs) a big, some big pieces of what I really get, um, what really makes my blood boil. Yeah. When I talk to my clients, when I talk to anyone, one of the biggest things that I think prepares you for a successful postpartum is your birth. Yeah. Now, I know what you all are thinking. Oh, a natural birth. No, I'm not. I'm talking about a birth where... You are seen, Mm -hmm. you are heard, you are physically in your body with an epidural, with a cesarean, with a natural birth, but that you are understanding that the choices and the people around you will affect. I mean, hands down, birth matters, and I believe that the way that you are birthed and the way you're treated will affect you for a significant portion of Absolutely. Okay, good. So we're on the page on that. (laughs) So when a lot of people say, oh, so what? Or I don't really like my care provider. They're not listening to me, but it's just easy and I don't want to change. It's very hard for me to say, hey, like you actually are you're, – you're giving away your power. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. need that power for later to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, so my first one is the care providers and the birthing system in this. And, you know, I, I just always have to say this, like in this country, because I teach a lot. I've taught a lot in different countries, Norway and Canada, where the health system is so different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do make blank, sta- blank statements quite often. Okay, number two. Speaking of the U.S., our system is broken in the United States of America when it comes to postpartum care. Mm -hmm. Yes. Number one, we do not go back to see a OB or a midwife for six weeks. You see a pediatrician, and I'm talking like generic general. I'm not talking home birth. I'm not talking other things. You don't go for six weeks. Do yeah. you know what happens from the time that baby comes out and gets onto your chest <laughs> to going six weeks? And then when you go, do you know how what the average length of that appointment visit is? Like 10 minutes. It's under 15.
1: And can we yeah. talk about how what the thing that isn't talked about is mm-hmm. what happens to your body after you have a baby, whether it be cesarean, um, vaginal birth, like, I mean, not to be graphic, right? But like it's I was... belly up, honey. Right. Okay, good. Let's, <laughs> we will go then, right? Where like the amount of fluids of varying <laughs> types that come out of you like no i i was i worked in this world i talked with birth parents and when i when it happened to me i was like Oh, this. Where is no, this what? in the pamphlet? <laughs> yes. Seriously, right? Totally. Okay, so other than the so, like, here's the big diaper and your <laughs> your witch hazel pads. But like, you think, okay, well, that's like for 24 hours. You're like, oh no, no weeks no. of no. varying. No. Yeah. Your uterus is
0: the size of a basketball. Mm-hmm. It shrinks down to a size of a baseball, and inside it, there is a open wound where your placenta was. The size of yeah. a dinner plate. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So there's that. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> your milk's coming in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, More fluids. And and more fluids. And baby <laughs> fluids.
1: There's just a lot of fluids a in lot the fourth trimester. It's Yum. a lot of juiciness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, oh, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, fuck. My <laughs> life just changed literally overnight. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have to care for this person. Maybe your relationship, you're like, and you suck at helping me. <laughs> you know, then you start to wonder... And for other people, they look at it and they're like, I'm amazing and I'm great. And there's just, right, there's just hormones. So yeah. we got fluid, yeah. we got milk coming in, we got right. hormones.
1: But we, it's but it's the point that it's not talked about. And to your point of like the system, like where is the education? Where is the, and this is the other soapbox I get on around breastfeeding, right, is that So I've had so many patients, you know, ha- struggle in some way. And I'm like, well, you know, and start kind of like just rattling off standard information about lactation. And they're like, What? None of my girlfriends talk about this. My mom never said this, right? So it's this place, I think, of so much post-birth is where we're struggling, thinking we're the weird one. And it's because it's (laughs) like no one's talking about it. Okay, okay, but
0: I got to interrupt on this one. Okay. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I sit there with 32 moms on a Saturday morning at Bluma Mm -hmm. and – A lot of them are first time. I'm going to just go for 90%. And I'm like, you guys, what are you going to do for postpartum? We talk about postpartum. And they're like, it's all going to be fine. (laughs)
1: Exactly. It's all
0: going to be fine. I'm like, no, no. No. Like, what are you going to do? So I feel like there's this sense of, which, mm, Perfect. Transitions me to point three, which is the this pressure of what the hallmark that we put on, on, oh my gosh, congratulations. You're pregnant. You're going to have a baby. Oh my God, your life's going to change forever. Your heart's going to live on your sleeve. It's going to be amazing. Here's all this cute stuff. It's so great that there's almost like no room. Mm-hmm. But then people are like, well, I don't want to hear the scary stuff. I'll deal with it when I get there. So where is that balance? Because I truly, truly believe in my heart that we are trying to give a lot of this information, but we're not doing it in the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we're doing it in a scary, ta- you know, way. Yeah. Like again, the baby shower. Oh God, I can't. I mean, literally, you go to a baby <laughs> shower, and everyone's like, "That's so cute." Oh, but don't do that because that's awful. And don't do that. Like, yeah. why don't we have? I mean, again, that we talk so much about birth, right? Birth, birth, birth. We take a 12-hour class on birth. But where's the 12, I mean, the 40-hour class yeah. on postpartum? Yes. Like that. Exactly. So that's the hallmark pressure. So I believe that there's a pressure that we have to fall in love with being a mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we can't say out loud, I don't want to do this. Yes. That you have, to, you have to look at your baby. I mean, people say, you'll give birth and you'll look at your baby and you'll meet your soulmate and like all this pressure. Mm-hmm. I I. I did not. Yeah, no, uh, so
2: many people don't. I mean, it's just really sort of uh, uh, such a common experience to have this kiddo arrive and just be like, huh, cute.
0: Well, and mostly and when they arrive, it. you go, thank God I'm done with that. Yes, right, right, People say it. all the time, I didn't cry mm. when I saw my baby. I'm like, because you were so glad to be done. Yeah, right. some and really dehydrated, fear, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, give me a burger and a bottle of boo- booze. Yeah. You know? right. That's yes. all I thought. Right? But yeah, so where is that conversation? Okay, fourth point, and then I'm going to pass it to you, loves. My fourth point, I believe that social media does phenomenal things for a lot. I believe we're doing lots of good with sharing things. And I think it is the devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> I gave birth five weeks ago. I'm breastfeeding, and I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I didn't have the birth I want. Mm-hmm. My partner didn't show up the way I wanted. I don't. I didn't feel heard. I didn't feel seen. And now I'm reading these stories. It was magical, and yeah. there was glitter. I, like, <laughs> I. I it's so like I pushed two times in the baby Oh, A chew, a chew. So I I think like so just again a little recap, we don't talk about birth. Our system is broken. We don't have postpartum doulas that should be paid for by the government. Mm-hmm.
1: Gosh, we should have thousands more of those. Thousands. <laughs> yes. No
0: one's even coming to lactation. No mm-hmm. one's even, you know. People don't even
1: know there's such a person as a lactation no,
0: consultant. No, no. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you're supposed to do this and all this stuff. The pressure of falling in love and social media. So,
1: <sighs> all the things.
0: <laughs> so, as two therapists, if, if, if I was sitting across from you right now, mm-hmm. do in a month. Mm-hmm. What would you say and, and, what's in, and what's in that golden book of yours that's going to help? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: So, I mean, it's interesting that some of these things really do come up in the book and were cardinal reasons why we wrote the book. So postpartum plan, for example, you know, everyone talks about birth plan. Um, and they they have their pluses and minuses. No, I mean, don't do a birth plan. I, I mean, say do an
0: introduction to the staff. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I believe. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, I think you have to
2: go into a birth plan knowing that potentially 0% of it will actually happen, right? And I think if you have that attitude towards it, sometimes it can alleviate some anxiety about it if you can think ahead, you know.
0: Oh, absolutely.
2: But yes. what you really need is a postpartum plan, and this comes to the point you were making, which is, we don't talk about, like in detail, the logistics of who's getting up with the baby this Tuesday at 4 a.m. and who's getting up with the baby on Wednesday at 3 a.m. and how does this all work out? And so, in our book, we have an excellent worksheet called Your Postpartum Plan, where you actually write down on paper how, what is your plan for sleep? What is your plan for outside childcare? What is your plan for sex? What is your plan for getting, getting to the visitors. gym? Yes. How do okay, you okay. get? Okay. Can we know? can we
0: can we go back to the first one? Yeah. yeah. So I I make up like half the shit that I say to my my clients, <laughs> but I, I think I'm kind of right sometimes. <laughs> so when I tell them, and when I left this mom today who gave birth, I say, the the big you want you want to go into a postpartum depression, don't sleep. You want to yeah. get yourself healthy, and I really try to break down the day. I've come up with this concept. I totally made it up, but I think. Let's not actually, I mean, I love the plan idea, but don't think of your day as 24 hours. Think yeah. of your day as four hours. So in the next four hours, what do you need to do? Mm-hmm. You need to sleep, you need to eat, and you need to feed the baby. Mm-hmm. That is plenty of four hours.
1: Yeah. That will fill that all will four so how <laughs> yes. much
0: do you two think that sleep is a major part of what plays into this, besides it being hereditary and other things? and
1: I always say to uh, when I'm doing trainings for clinicians or to my patients that I have Zero patients with depression and anxiety who sleep properly. Too much. Wait, you got to say that. You got to <laughs> say that again.
0: That was a mouthful.
1: <laughs> I have zero patients with depression and anxiety who sleep properly. Okay, I do. I just switched the word patients to patients. Oh yeah. Okay, patients yeah. yeah. with a T. T-S. Okay. T-S. Okay. I have patient yeah. Clients. You're You're right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because it is either too much, not getting, you know, staying in bed too long, insomnia. Falling asleep, fine, but then waking up at 2 o'clock, napping during the day so you can't sleep a night. My my brain's going a mile a minute, so I can't fall asleep, right? Like those two conditions, sleep affects it in so many different ways. So whether it's postpartum or just depression and anxiety in an adult period, like that component of mental rest has to be. Um, So Michelle and I in the book talk a lot about the, the idea of sleep and strategies to get that done because you're not going to sleep eight hours in a row for no. a while. But that's what I'm saying. Like we can't look at 24 hours right, sometimes. Right, right, so we are one of our tricks is to sort of go like, hey, your, your goal is to get six hours in a 24-hour cycle, in a 24-hour Whoa. period.
0: Love that.
1: Right? Which might mean it's, you know, a two-hour chunk from midnight to two, then the baby gets up and you feed the baby. And then it's from three to four and then you take a you know, one-and-a-half-hour nap during the day when the baby is sleeping, right? And so that six-hour magic number is enough to keep your adult brain (laughs) functioning-ish, right? Like, you don't want to do that for the next 30 years, but for the next, like, three to four months, that is enough. One of um, my—a former colleague of mine in a different job is a sleep psychologist, and he's always said parents in the fourth trimester should operate like they are drunk drivers behind the wheel. Absolutely. (laughs) Because of the sleep deprivation, right? And And those of us
0: that actually drank and did sleep, we should definitely not even (laughs) be like... Do not use
1: alcohol to fall asleep. (laughs) That is not good sleep. Um, Right. So, yeah, I think that that is... is Sleep is both a causal factor and something that keeps the depression and anxiety going. It's a cause and an effect. Okay.
0: That's really... Six hours and 24 hours. If you take anything from today,
1: please. (laughs) That is a great tip. Also, the suggestion sleep when the baby is sleeping is garbage. Okay, let's talk about that.
0: (laughs) Because I have to say, I think a big reason that people are not sleeping more at this day and age, um, it's not even like, oh, I have to do the laundry. It's because we have this gadget that's attached to us, Mm -hmm. and it's a way to numb out. So maybe Mm -hmm. it's not your alcohol, but it's... You know, you're scrolling, you're scrolling mm-hmm. or you're like, oh, I want to get my hair cut in three months. And then you're on that thing or you just you, mm-hmm. you it's so much easier to get lost in that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And what I always tell people is that like so so, you know, sleep when the baby is sleeping, like during the day is usually what they mean by that. And that it's garbage, in my opinion, because very few adults can actually do it. Your adult brain, no matter how tar- tired you are, is trying to be awake when the sun is out. Right. And so, so how do you suggest naps? So what I suggest is even if you cannot fall asleep, your baby's sleeping, right? Maybe it's a 20-minute cat nap. Maybe it's a longer one, right? Leave all the dishes. Leave the to-do list and lay down. Mm-hmm. And don't scroll on social media, but find yourself a nice podcast like Belly. <laughs> or, or some other, you know... Um, you know soft, music, soft music, a, m- a meditation, podcast, right? And yeah. just lay there yeah. and rest your body. Yeah. And if and that becomes eyeballs. the goal, yeah. right, then that is something, A, you're resting your body, which you need to do to heal anyways. And maybe you fall asleep, but this idea of like, oh, I need to nap now, it puts too much pressure on it, and again, and then you I, lay there anxious because you're not sleeping. Yeah, correct, exactly. and like, oh, I should be doing all these things, blah 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 blah. As or, opposed oh, that's to the like, baby. This that's is,
0: the baby. Which which side did I feed him? Blah blah blah. Like, right, yeah, right.
1: So I always sort of say like that napping during the day should be your bonus sleep. Your six hours should be else t- other times.
0: What something just came to me. I get these hits sometimes from these people up above. <laughs> so what I was thinking, like, you're laying there and you want to sleep, and you're thinking, I should be, I should be. I can't stand the word should. Oh, yeah, I yeah, can't I, say like. Do you just ever say to your clients, your patients, your families, you're just going to fuck up sometimes? Like, it's not, you're not going to do this perfect. Yeah. yeah. Because that's part of that Instagrammy thing. It's
1: also not human beings. But we, <laughs> right, but, we're not we perfect. but again, yeah. we
0: think we have to love it and we have to fall in love and we have to do this and do this. I mean, how do you just say like, you guys, it's going to be messy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you say that exactly, you know, and,
2: and I don't think this is a n- new idea. Like. There's an old psychology guy, Donald Winnicott, who talked about the good enough mother being good enough to raise a
0: kid who's well-adjusted and what mentally healthy. Like the
2: 40s, oh, yes, I 40,
0: think? 50s and 40s. Yeah. Um,
2: why,
1: that
0: Why wasn't that on the bestseller for the past 50s, right? 60, 70 years? We yeah. just
1: kind of held that one close to our chest. and <laughs> That was you also know? when we also thought mothers mm-hmm. were the cause of all mental illness. Well, so yeah, he was, yeah. it was controversial back, yeah. back in oh, the 50s. Oh, okay, you know. okay, <laughs> yes.
2: okay, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think that carrying that idea forward that like you don't have to be perfect and you're never going to be Instagram perfect and literally no one is. You even the people putting that stuff on Instagram, mm-hmm. it's not, r- real. like, real. Mm-hmm. Um, that – just emphasizing that to people, that kids turn out okay. Everyone's going to be fine. Um, you know, there's literally not a person walking around who had a perfect parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and here we all are yeah. doing great things. And that's what, <laughs> like,
1: the tone Mich- – you know, Michelle and I, for that that very reason, like, the tone in our book is that sort of straight talk, mm. right? Which is sort of going to be like, hey, you know what? Breastfeeding isn't this magical thing that works so perfect. If you struggle, here are things that you can do. And if you have to stop, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. And if you have to supplement, that's fine too. But this reality of like um, Michelle always kind of says it like this where it's like there are wonderful moments in parenting of, at any age, right? And there are awful, difficult, diff- challenging moments and our goal as practitioners is just to make more of the nice ones mm. and less of the bad. But we're not going to eliminate it. Michelle and I, have with our kids, right? Like we don't ha- never get frustrated with our kids because that's just not how life and parenting goes. So i don't want to get
0: I don't want <sighs> to get too crazy clinical, but I feel like we, <laughs> we can go well, for we, it. Yeah. We well, that's I that's, know that's you can. That's our <laughs> wheelhouse.
1: We can totally I know. Go there. <laughs> I
0: just i'm I'm getting to that place where I can hear myself say. So when do we know? When there's a problem. So, mm-hmm. for example, I'm just I can only tell my story, which is, you know, during the day I acted fine mm-hmm. um, and I did it. But at night when I was breastfeeding, the the, the thoughts,
1: whew, mm-hmm.
0: they were it was February and she was a couple months old. And I lived in a very old house, a 1904 house. And I thought in 1904, they didn't have the heat that I have right now did the dad get really mad at the mom and did he take the baby out mm-hmm. and did they freeze the baby to death? Mm-hmm. And then I would have the next thought would be, I'm sitting in a rocking chair in heat with the shower and water and my baby who's clothed. There's a woman right now in India who's being raped and breastfeeding her baby at the same time. Like the, right. the, 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 How
1: dare I feel terrible because other people have it worse. Com-
0: so I finally came out and told someone, what do I do in the middle of the night when all I can think about is everybody who doesn't have what I have and mm. how de- scared and depressed and sad I am? And she was great. She 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 handled it well. And that's when she basically turned me in and I got on meds <laughs> and they had an intervention with me. Um, but how do I know – how do I know what's normal? I mean – fuck, I hate that word too. Should not normal. <laughs> yeah. How do we know when like – I act uh, – I mean, is it just your own kind of feel of, I need to reach out to someone? Because every day is not going to be great. And that's another pressure, I think, is people like, I had postpartum depression. I'm like, tell me what that means. And from the sounds of it, like, yeah, you had some bad moments. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't love it. Mm-hmm. How do we know when it's it's kind of getting, we got we to gotta rein in the troops. Right. Yeah, like it needs some attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, I think
2: that. If somebody has the gut feeling that they need something, like, seek it out by all means. Like, there's no reason not to, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And if it turns out that it's not full-blown postpartum depression or anxiety, there are other things that, you know, can help and can make things better. In mental health, there's sort of a rule of thumb that if something needs clinical attention, medications, therapy, you know, anything along those lines, it's because it gets in the way of your functioning, which can be a tough thing to sort out when you're the parent of a newborn, right? Because already the newborn is getting in the way of your functioning. (laughs) Um, Or it causes you a lot of distress. I mean, and so by definition, if it's one of those two things, then... It's so so worth seeking out help. Let's,
0: like, use, use, use the example. Of just I want to go to a mom and baby yoga class today, and yet I can't even get out the door because I'm so anxious about a car hitting me or I'm anxious about if, if the baby cries in public. So mm-hmm. many people call my, my yoga studio and say, well, my baby cries, so I don't think that I should bring it to class. Mm-hmm. Whew. I'm like, that's what we're here for is to yeah. cry, mm-hmm. all of us. But how do we know? So, like, that to me is like, hey. Yeah, can- if you haven't left the house.
1: You know, and with the caveat of it's not January in Minnesota and it's negative <laughs> 10. You shouldn't. Bring and it. you
0: didn't birth 15 days ago because my rule right. is five days in the bed, yeah. five days around the bed and five days in the house. Right. I like that. Right. One whole month, you should like mm-hmm. maybe take a walk around the block, but yeah. don't take your kid to the first trip to Target, no.
1: <laughs> especially after <laughs> yeah. COVID. There is a thing yeah. called
0: online ordering. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. But it's I, but to your that, that question is like, I have this desire to do this thing but I can't bring myself to it, right? That's impairing your functioning, right? Um, it could be, I also think it's a change in in yourself. Um, you know, someone who talks to their sister on the phone every day and in the postpartum period hasn't talked to her in four days, mm. right? Like, I'm a real social chatty person. That's and, a really good example. Yeah. So it's the change in, in how you perceive yourself, Thus, the title of our book (laughs) is called "Myself Again," because, and on purpose, both Michelle and I, independent of each other, had dozens and dozens and dozens of patients come in and say, you know, because we come, they come in, and we say, like, well, so what brings you in, right? Like that's the first like mental health person (laughs) Mm -hmm, question, mm -hmm. right? And they would say almost verbatim, "I don't know what's wrong, but I just don't feel like myself," Mm -hmm. and that's another way of saying functioning or that I'm not adjusting to this new version of my life well. I don't know how or, you know, so it's that I think it's that feeling of like, I'm not myself and I don't know how to make it better.
0: So how are those sheets that we fill out at the OB, at the obstetrician or at your midwife clinic, sure. how are they even getting away with like five questions that are so poor? Hmm. Like I think about suicide, like, like I didn't think about suicide, but I thought definitely like death and dying stuff. I mm-hmm. didn't, but I didn't die. Yeah, Other she people. Uh, she yeah. was yeah yeah. The baby
1: dies. The something yeah. bad happens to the baby. Yeah. yeah, or
0: like, how do I have negative thoughts? I'm like, well, I'm kind of a negative person anyway. I don't know. Like, we <laughs> where where else do, is there resources online that you can suggest for people that are like maybe holding a baby right now, going, God, this kind of rings a bell. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, besides picking up the book and and mm-hmm. whatnot, but is there any just overarching belief system that this country? has around support that people can go to? I know it's a big question. That
1: is a big question. I mean,
0: there. so, well, two things. So the screening
2: questionnaires that you asked about, they actually have pretty good data in terms of picking up on people who have postpartum depression and anxiety. They are merely screening questionnaires. They're not diagnostic tools. They're just a way to get people to the attention of a program like ours, for right. example, or their uh-huh. where a care coordinator mm-hmm. reaches out or their pediatrician or their OB or somebody reaches out to them and asks more questions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I will put in a plug for Postpartum Support International. Yes. I was waiting for that answer because yeah. I was curious. I, I mm-hmm.
0: send a lot of people there.
2: They're fantastic. I mean, they've okay. got a very robust online presence, and part of what they have in their website is a database of practitioners, therapists, mm-hmm. psychiatrists, who work with people who have postpartum depression Because and let, let's
0: also just start there. Yeah. Finding the person. Yeah. Who and knows what they're doing. Who kn- Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I always say for every 10 therapists, there's <laughs> one that's good. And hopefully it's good for you. Like it's yeah. – so I have had too many people say, oh, yeah, it's May. Oh, yeah. I definitely know that my anxiety is huge. I thought I was going to die in birth. Oh, I just called my insurance. I can get in August 10th. Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm hoping that Postpartum International would have some of those people that, I mean, it's hard. Yeah, so
1: what they have, um, and our, our Minnesota chapter mm-hmm. is um, a group called Pregnancy in Postpartum Minnesota. Yeah. Um, and that's, we've, we're one of the oldest chapters from PSI. Well,
0: and for those of you who are listening around the world and around the country, they probably have
1: telehealth. And mm-hmm. and PSI actually is an international, it has is can, can, um, can Canada for sure but they have a, a list like a directory of They don't have people. postpartum
0: depression cuz in Canada because their healthcare system is so much better <laughs> because you actually um, have people come to your home for days and days and day I'm kidding I know
1: that no, they no.
0: I know that I have just happens.
1: worked on a project with actually like the Providence of Newfoundland oh, um yeah. for this very thing where the, that this is they are just starting their sort of postpartum mental health journey in their healthcare system there wow. but it'll be great Wow. Um, so, yeah, so I think PSI is great, and I think it's looking for um, clinicians, psychiatrists, uh, therapists, right, who um, have formal training, right? Most mm-hmm. of the people on that list from PSI, like, you have to be certified. Michelle and I have credentials that prove that we jumped through the hoops and took a test that we know what we're doing. You, and weighed, they,
0: you waited to have children <laughs> because you were like, I went to school. I need yeah, to kick ass school. That's, exactly, yeah. that's yeah. of school. That's yeah. of school. Yeah. Um,
1: you know, and, and I think Michelle can speak to it, but I, I'm a big believer in – finding the prescriber who knows what they're talking about when it comes to medication use during pregnancy and lactation. And if you have a doctor or a midwife or a pediatrician or any sort of medical provider who says that is not safe, you need to find a new doctor.
2: Amen, Michelle? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, you know, don't get me started on this one, but like the, if I had a nickel for every time, Another doc or a pharmacist told one of my patients, oh, you can't do that. You're pregnant. You can't take that. You know, this is really dangerous and scares the crap out of them Mm -hmm. when it's not even evidence-based or actually true. Um, I mean, it's, it, I would have a lot of nickels, a
0: lot, <laughs> many, <laughs> or, many nickels, or, or they don't even know which one to prescribe because I was, yeah. so, I had a home birth. And so I had to go to an obstetrician to get some medication. She's like, well, I think if you take this one, I don't know, maybe you should try this one. I'm like, Oh, you're or, really, or they say,
1: which yeah. one do you want? Oh, really? Right. Which, uh, <laughs> like, it's one thing to sort of have a doctor say, Hey, there are two choices. Here are the pros and cons that, as opposed to I come in, well, well, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Like, tell um, me what the side effects literally are. Literally, why yeah. you went to school to tell me what I should think <laughs> yeah. about this? Yes, you know.
0: <laughs> but there are people that specialize in absolutely yes, yeah.
1: and there are yeah, and, and you there, don't have to be on it forever. No, no, and there's people right. like Michelle, right, who are the psychiatrist of it. But like, we work with. Tons of OBs and tons of midwives who are competent to treat and prescribe those medicines for those like mild and moderate cases, mm-hmm. right? So, like, because I think sometimes like mental health can be very scary, psychiatry can be very scary, mm-hmm. right? But your trusted OB, like, there are oh, plenty of yes. doctors that are competent for that starting dose of Zoloft. You mm-hmm. know, when you don't have other me- medical complications or other complicated medical mental health things.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and even beyond that, I mean, I, I will say, like, shout out to the Park Nicolette OBs and midwives who are, are excellent.
0: amazing. Like, they know their stuff when it comes to mental health and treatment. Um, well, it's funny. When I lost my second daughter, I was 22 weeks and I went for an ultrasound and I was planning a home birth. So I went to a different place. I got into Park Nicolet and literally one of the midwives walked in and she's like, well, first thing we're going to do is get you on something mm-hmm. just because she knew that that was going to be such a huge loss for me yeah. and I was going to need that and that was fantastic and to not feel like I had to ask for it like hey yeah. I'm going
1: to be sad mm-hmm. like yeah. this is going to kind of suck or I, I have, think you know what I, what is where, where I'm I'm going to take us on a tangent yes. for a second right because that that pregnancy after loss mm. is if you want to have some anxiety <laughs> like do you have a baby have your rainbow baby right and you know I think I have had so many patients have this experience where they are anxious during that pregnancy. They're even anxious after they make it past the week mark of whenever they lost their first baby. And they it's are like not... 40% of my clients right, right now. I'm they're, just coaching them on like... Know. And it's getting <sighs> through it because like there's... We're not going to get you to Zen Buddhist master no. <laughs> until that baby comes out. Yeah. You're okay. He or she, they are okay. Yeah. And now, huh, you know... Wipe the sweat off the brow and we're okay, you know. So I think that even that expectation of like this, I shouldn't feel this way. Yeah, no, it makes logical sense that you should feel anxious about this right now. We need to keep it at a place where you're again functioning, yeah. and not like in a ball in the corner. Can you, <laughs> you find? Know? Can you find a couple?
0: Can you kind of find a couple little nuggets in there though of like joy? Or am oh, I am I wrong for because a lot no. of my clients, I'm, I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be hard, and every day you're yeah. gonna wonder. And then I want you to just pause and look at everything that's going right. Oh, absolutely. Is that that
1: wrong? Should I say that? No, no, no. (laughs) It's a cognitive behavioral Yeah, I (laughs) know. One of my most favorite interventions for people in general, and like in the olden days, I'd tell people like write it down on a notepad by your bed, but now it's like put it in a a notes app on your phone, right? (laughs) Would be to, you know, at the end of the day or at the pause of your day, (sighs) doing the cheesy, but like writing down three good things that happened because our human brains are literally wired to find the negative. It's what has kept us alive evolutionarily that we look for danger and we look for negative, right? So our brains can do that. Great. Great. Right? But those positive moments, those little moments, and when you're in a, you know, an anxious, depressed headspace, those are fleeting and they go away. Do so you, th- you have to write them down to make sure do you pay you think attention. you if
0: you haven't – and this – yeah, okay. We're, we're going to wrap it up in a moment here. But <laughs> do you think that if you had a loss – And you didn't process it and get angry and cry and mourn it. Like, does that need to happen for you then to be a little more at peace with the next one? Or does that not? You know, um, or just like put them in two separate, like, because they're they're different pregnancies.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's hard. What it means to process loss looks so different. I know. Right? And so it's not necessarily angry and crying and sad. Um, it's, you know, there's something painful there because it is a loss, right? Um, but I've seen, I've just seen so many patients where if they, for example, like if they, if I read their birth report, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's going to have PTSD. She's going to have postpartum PTSD. And she's fine. Right. They call the stroke okay. team on her. You know, <laughs> yeah. we almost lost her and the baby and she's fine. And then I've had other patients who have births that like doctors would say were run, doctors, quote unquote, if you yeah. can see my fingers, yeah. would say are run of the <laughs> mill. But it's how they process it, yeah. how they took it in. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think it's the it's the space to do that, to not lock it away. Because we know locking it feelings away won't work. But what they look like for any individual person yeah. is...
0: Well, I mean, and yeah. that's why we talk about so much on Belly Up. I mean, my loss was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Like, mm-hmm. my daughter was the best thing. She taught me everything that I needed at that time mm-hmm. when somebody could have a similar one. yeah.
1: yeah. Every, every life experience has the good and the bad, yeah. right? I mean, that's just... All. Wow. We could go deep, couldn't Mm we? (laughs) Yeah. We need more than 25 minutes, there. We need
2: more Chardonnay (laughs) than this, Here, you got this (laughs) full bottle. Pour (laughs) another one.
0: Okay. So just to leave our audience today with um, what are things – not that I want to give away your book or anything. But if you – okay, you both are allowed to say two things Mm. just for helpful tips – so I love the sheet planning. That doesn't count as one of them. All right. So <laughs> no, shoot. yeah, what um, is there? I mean, just just something in particular, like or or vague, whatever. Is there two things that you both think are important? If I'm 36 weeks, this is my first. I have a history of depression. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel confident in being a mother.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I am gonna be happy. <laughs> I have all the cute new stuff. Yeah. I have what, I don't know, whatever joggers really like trendy
1: right now. All the gear. I have yeah. all the gear. I have yeah. The par- P.S. You don't need all the gear.
0: Um, you need freaking yeah. like five blankets and some cloth yeah. diapers and two tits and call it a day. Yeah. And <laughs> Pretty much. And a shitload of people bringing you food. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, like what comes to your mind that you see as kind of missing in the big picture? I mean, should they should someone have a therapist number in their back pocket or what would be something?
2: I mean, yeah, I don't think it hurts to have a therapist number in your back pocket or at least to know like where to go to look for a therapist and try to find that stuff. Um, You know, I will say one of the biggest things... (laughs) Thanks. Sarah's pouring um, another glass. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, um, Can't go home with this. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. but, so we have a little mnemonic in our book called parents. And, it you know, the P-A-R-E-N-T-S, each stand for a thing. And I think the most important one of those is the P. It's for practice patience. And it comes back to this issue of give yourself some grace to not be perfect and to let things kind of fall apart sometimes. And it's still going to be fine. And you're still going to be the Donald Winnicott good enough mother <laughs> Um, so I think that's a big one. I think especially, and this is kind of my soapbox that I always get on when we talk to people, um, for us Midwesterners, us Minnesotans, getting used to setting limits for people and being able to say, please go home now in a so, nice So, so my, my, my rule, yeah. again, I have the
0: four-hour rule, but my rule is one visitor a day yes. for one hour. Yeah, well, you're more generous than and, us. Michelle
1: and I are yeah. like 20 minutes, you better bring food all the, uh, yeah. yeah unless, unless you take
0: out the dog and take out the garbage and make the bed yeah yeah, yeah. well exactly and like but we don't know how to her. do
2: that kind of stuff is another midwestern thing right mm-hmm. yeah. the other thing i always remind people is if the roles were reversed and someone were asking you to take oh, out their garbage yeah, or do would. the laundry you would like
0: be there you would say like give me the whole list so, I will check so off do you everything. like this I so i i don't think any of my clients have ever done this but i think it's the best idea it's a bowl, mm-hmm. and you put your top
1: twenty things that you need around your house yeah. that you like. I'd say do it on a whiteboard. Oh, like I love that. Here are that. my tasks, and I jokingly yeah. say, when someone comes over, you'd say, "Please select one of these <laughs> yes. tasks yeah. off the whiteboard, and then you have earned the right to hold the baby because oh. that's what people want to do. They want to well, over and, and hold the baby. And if it's baby. still COVID,
0: then yeah. guess what? You don't have to do that either. Yes. Good point. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: but like with, with the bowl, it's the same thing. You
0: pick one out, pick and a task. maybe your partner is with you or your kid, and you pick a task, and it's like change the strip the sheets, hmm. start a load of laundry. Like, I would die to do that at someone's
1: house, but no, I'll come and yeah. sit down. And I'll tell you, no. Yeah. Yeah. Or there becomes that midwestern pressure of the, the the birthing person who is healing has people come over and then they fix them snacks. No, yeah, like they have to like entertain. God, no. tell me that's yeah. tell me do that's not entertain. that doesn't happen. No. Okay, okay. What about? Um, <laughs> so obviously everything Michelle said. Mm-hmm. I would go back <laughs> to my six hours of sleep in a twenty four hour period. Yeah, and. Blank Instagram. (laughs) I I am so anti. Well, no, I have banned many a patient from (laughs) like, you know, six years ago it was baby center. And I was like, you cannot read any articles about birthing your babies (laughs) unless those people have multiple credentials after their name. Uh, My rule is (laughs)
0: in pregnancy and birth, no Googling. No Googling. You call your
1: doula. Yeah, no Googling. We will send you evidence-based articles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I see so many patients are struggling with breastfeeding, Mm. right? And we have done a good job with PSAs to sort of say, you know, like breastfeed for a year. It's great for your baby, right? And yes, good, all that. But what happens is that then that becomes the only acceptable way. Mm. And if I don't do that, or Mm. if I can't do that, or I don't want to do that, or I've had three things of mastitis, and that now I don't want to, right? I've failed my child already. Mm. So I often tell them, this story, you know, not like a real story, but this, this sort of idea, right, is that if we were give, if you were giving birth 150 years ago, and this would be true in Minnesota, Georgia, Kenya, England, wherever, right? Russia, right, wherever, you would have given birth in your home. With a midwife or a senior female member of your family. And your aunts and well, your yeah. cousins. And there would have been all the other female relatives, including children and grownups, in there, you know, in that room. And so this idea that, um, you know, you're, you have to do this all on your own. No, we've never brought humans into the world. Like literally the last hundred
0: years. Like yeah. literally, until the last literally. couple decades, Dec- this is, yeah. right? And, and, and you I, had
1: another woman. Yeah. Right, you had another woman, or, and I'll say to my say to my patients, like, so 150 years ago, um, women had, were struggling with breastfeeding. Milk didn't come in, et cetera, et cetera. So what happened? You handed it to your mom, your sister, your auntie, your cousin, because she probably just had a baby. And it
0: wasn't weird. And yeah. she's <laughs> lactating,
1: exactly, right? Because we know. drink out of cows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. So, but it's this idea that, like, we've always done this as sort of a group. Yeah. Right? And and now families don't live close the way they used to in that same way. But it's that idea of But it's of interesting
0: because like-, like in the 40s, my dad was the oldest of eight. Mm-hmm. And I know, Grandma, you're going to roll your eyes at me, but I do know <laughs> this. She had a wet nurse live with her. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure the wet nurse did other things. But yeah. she, I, we all think that she didn't probably feed a lot of her children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the wet nurse did because she slept and she was drinking her martinis and doing it all. So yeah. it, the pressure that we have switched. And the, also it's this idea that— you have to go. Uh, Formula is so outrageously expensive. Donor milk is. It might feel like a little black market and underground, but you can text me right now, and I can get you so much goddamn <laughs> yeah, donor milk. It's <laughs> amazing. That's awesome. It's right. about getting your getting that ask out right. there. Yeah. But
1: I think it's and it's about but the, the bigger picture, and that's kind of Michelle's sort of practice patience sort of piece, right? Is that there are many ways to accomplish this, yeah. and it's not just. You know, I have an unmedicated birth. Um, I exclusively breastfeed for twelve months and one day, and, and 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 that's the only like right way to do it. You and know? we're not
0: going to diaper. We're going to what is that called? Potty training when you uh, know, oh yeah, baby led elimination. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah, right. Yeah. Whatever
1: it is, you know. And Michelle and I have you know often say it like you know you're if if you know your if your baby has a pacifier until they're a year and a half. They're still going to graduate from high school. Um, They'll learn. To one tie- of my best friends sucked her thumb through college. Right. They'll learn to tie their <laughs> shoes. You know, similek isn't poison. You know, like, yeah. and so I think it's that place of flexibility that there oh. are many ways to get mm-hmm. this thing Ooh, done. I love that yeah.
0: flexibility, patience. We're not going to get into this now, but I would love, an audience, I would love, love, love to hear from you because I want to hear more about going back to work, mm-hmm. how yeah, we yeah. can fight for what we all deserve. It's changing slowly, but we've yeah. s- I, in the 20 years I've been in this work, um, we are seeing a little bit more of, mm-hmm. of stay home because I think that's probably also a really big topic around postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. When you're at nine weeks, 10 weeks, and you're like, in two weeks, in two weeks, someone's going to be with my baby and I have to go back with this brain mm-hmm. on. Yeah, which no one should right. do.
1: Or right. I've it's... left my job and I'm staring down this long tunnel of oh my gosh, now all I have do is hang out with this baby all day long, and I'm okay. so bored well, already. You know, I, I went po- <laughs> back to work
0: at six weeks. Oh man, because I didn't want to stay home. <laughs> and then I dealt with postpartum depression because I was trying to do it all. Right. So, right. <laughs> oh, you guys. See? I cannot thank you enough. Thanks for having us. I know that other people. So let's scream the book one more time. Yeah. And they can find it on all the places where you purchase your. Yes. (laughs) So
2: it's called Myself Again, the Parents Postpartum Survival Guide. You can get it. Best of all, Majors and Quinn by Local. Oh, if you want to touch local. it before you actually buy it. Yes. Yep. You can get it from our publisher. That's if, that's, that's if you live
0: in Minneapolis and you <laughs> yes. are brave enough to drive Uptown, which, by the way, Uptown is just fine, you guys. Yes. You can go to Uptown. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go support <laughs> yeah. them. Um,
2: you can get it from our publisher, Claris Press, and you can get it on Amazon. Yep.
0: Oh,
1: and Everywhere
0: can... from local to Amazon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and if you want to learn, if you want to f- see that information, learn more about Michelle yes. and I, we <gasps> actually have a brand new website. About the book, it's called MomPsychDocs.com. MomPsychDocs.com. mompsychdoc Yeah, I think they should have their own podcast, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of
0: digging this. <laughs> all right. As I place my hand on my heart and I take a deep breath to Michelle and Gabe and to all of the moms out there who are curled up in a ball and crying and wondering how they're going to get through this, We send you so much love for all of you who have a 14-year-old who are going, holy shit, those were some hard days and months in that first year. We send you love to every single one of you that is bringing a human being onto this earth. May you see the flexibility, the patience. May you give yourself so much gratitude because we thank you. We thank you for bringing up our future with all of that goodness thank you both for being here today thank cheers you. cheers! Yes. Yes. cheers. Clink clink. <laughs> all right hey 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 we will see you on our next podcast thanks you guys have a great day wherever you are bellying up Mwah. hey 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 this is meta
2: belly up with my mom Sarah Longacre and please subscribe a like and share some belly up love
0: Belly Up is a Bluma production. It's produced by the one and only Michaela Finnegan at Minnehaha Recording Company. Hi, this is Mary from Bluma. Thank you so much for being part of the Bluma community. We're so happy you're here. We love hearing from our families, and as a small business, one of the most powerful things you can do is share your stories with us. I love when you take us on Instagram, leave a Google review, or email me your birth story or photos from class. This is a great way that we can share the Bluma love and reach new folks who could use a little Blooma in their lives. Find us at Bluma.com.